New digital technologies are driving a step change in enterprise business transformation. At the Digital Twin Podcast, we explore the intersection of technology and business. What should your digital twin look like? Hari and Omar here, live on Smart Cities today. What do you think about that, Hari? I mean, Smart hey, Cities, what do you think about that? I mean, what does that mean? Smart City. Everyone talks about it, right? Everything is smart, right? Everything is smart. Smart, smart refrigerator, smart uh, dishwasher, smart car, uh, smart buildings, and smart cars. And, I mean, smart cities, right? So if what you, is that? If you put smart in front it of something... Be. It becomes smarter, or it's, what? It's definitely good for your reputation as a city. Ah, okay. So smart in the digital world is is a precursor. You would say, you know, if you want digital technologies or something to transform the way you think, put smart in front of it. And all who doesn't sudden, want to be smart? I know what you, you mean. You choosing to be not smart? Anybody out there? Some people are. You know, they want to think for themselves. They don't want machine and AI to think for them. They want to do it themselves. <laughs> I want to solve the puzzle. I don't want somebody to solve the puzzle for me. <laughs> we got a lot of people out there. I mean, I'll show on. you a few puzzles. Solve the, the, the rest of them for me. Right? I'm like, that's no fun, right? I mean, I mean, they, people want to play Candy Crush all day long. You know, <laughs> they want to do it. They don't want a computer to do it for them, right? But uh, anyway, back to it. You know, we thought this was a very interesting topic because. You know, you know, one of the things that we keep seeing with an industrial transformation in a digital space is, is how we can find applications that have a lot of data, right? It seems like with digital transformation, the more data you have, the more intelligent or the more um, intuitive your ecosystem can be, right? Yeah. And with a smart city, it lends itself to that in, a, in many different ways, right? I mean, this is real-time data of a lot of different things in a city. I mean, you can just name a few things in a city that people are involved with, how we interact with the cities, right? A traffic is a very simple, low-hanging fruit, right? Traffic is yeah. something that, you know... You know, I come from, from, from Houston where it takes me 45 minutes to get in and to and from and where we go, right? And um, one of the reasons I live far away is is because the traffic and the, the hustle and bustle is a little bit less, right? Yeah. Uh, and maybe that adds on to our overall outlook and interaction with the city, right? You know, whether people spend more in the city whether they enjoy coming into the city more, whether they can get more revenues for the cities to grow, mm -hmm. uh, you know, within their their uh, their whole uh, environments and counties. I mean, this is all being looked at in a transformative way, and a really, if you think about it, a real business case, right? I mean, yeah. So, I, I think you asked a pretty powerful question right at the beginning, and I'm sure you know most most people that we know have that same question. What makes a smart city and why should you be smart, right? Um, I think um, fundamentally, you know, maybe that is to create better quality of life for its citizens, right? I think you mentioned about your commute. When you go to the city, you want to have the right things, you know, in, in the appropriate 
time frame that you expect to have it done, whether it's going to get, you know, with a shopping, parking, you know, getting something done at a government office, going to shop. I mean, whatever it is, like you want to do it in an efficient manner, right? So at a very, very high level, could we say that, you know, smart city isn't about technology. <clears throat> it's about a an ecosystem to make the lives of the citizens and its residents, right, much better, a better quality of life, better, you know, lifestyle. Is that accurate? I think it's very interesting that you say quality of life and interacting with the city because I think that is a very key component, right? You start to look at the physical realities of a city, the brick and mortar, the car and driving to do something, to interact with people in a city. You know, what we're seeing today is that's all great and, and, and forward-looking of a city of the future where it requires a lot of face-to-face, a lot of communication with people, a lot of developing relationships, whether it's through real estate, through vehicle, all the similar technologies that have been developed 40, 50 plus years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, unfortunately, with 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 this pandemic that we're going through, mm-hmm. wouldn't it be more interesting to talk about a virtual smart city? How do we interact with people today in a way that's more how convenient to the people, convenient to us? I mean, we have enabling technologies that are changing the way we look or think about a city, right? I mean, if you think about it, in reality, there is no reason for me to go into a metropolitan area, area for me anymore. I live out in the suburbs. I, I, I often ask myself, why do I need to go in when everything I need or want or I interact with is not in the city? You know, why do you go? I go. It's, it's a, that, now, that's a very philosophical question that you ask because I think that's important. Because I think deep down in each one of us, we yearn the human interaction, right? Where does that human interaction take place? sporting events, Mm -hmm. concerts, things that are located in a highly dense area, you know, Mm -hmm. whether it's great restaurants, great um, entertainment, amusement. How do you make that experience a little bit more exciting for your your residents and your citizens to be able to interact with the city, right? But you may be also going there for better health care, right? That's very interesting. That's true. It's not just entertainment. So we might have to go in for certain things. You're right. You know. Right. But you know, now that you mentioned the it could necessity, be a job. it could be it's a necessity. It's that's that's another point, right? But then you start asking yourself, you know, you know, these cities have to bring people back in. They got to make it easier, convenient, because we grow up in a world where we want the next best convenience. Right, we want the next best piece of technology, or make my life easier. Right, you know, and 
how does the city interact with people that are yearning for those types of things? And does it matter? Does it matter? So I, I think I also look at it from an essentials perspective. Right? Ah. I mean, I, I do think, you know, I think, you know, we're so far taking the angle of how do you make somebody's life better in terms of quality of life, right? But it can also define that in terms of how do you reduce uh, crime? Is there a technology approach to uh, either solving crime much more efficiently, thereby preventing that, or put you know technology to use to prevent uh, crime from happening? Right? You hear about ring cameras solving neighborhood uh, crimes, right? Now, you know we we talked about privacy and all that, and I know that's still a big deal, but. In general, is there a play for technology to prevent crimes? And that's not directly a better, you know, experience driving in and having a meal at a restaurant. It does, you know, improve your life, right? Quality of life. Uh, you know, another example could be, um, let's say, uh, you know, in terms of uh, emissions, you know, uh, from cars or you know, buildings that are operating inefficiently, really kind of leading us to the conversation around sustainability goals. Wow. This is, this I is, mean, this is really serious here. What, you just opened up a very interesting uh, segue here into, you know, how we look at a city and how we as humans put ourselves in an environment that we want to be in, right? Exactly. Whether yeah. it's safety, air quality, People, or I mean, imagine if you had all that information feeding to say, hey, you shouldn't take that Uber because four people that were in that Uber seem to be under the weather, have high temps, and you mm -hmm. probably shouldn't take it, right? You should probably not go into that building because over the past three days, we've had cases of whatever. And obviously, you have you run into privacy issues and, you know, how do you really make this more of a, an environment where you're more informed, but making yep. better decisions. But what does that do? That may mm -hmm. change the behavior of the environmental Absolutely. issues, about business owners, about um, infrastructure changes, about how people interact with the cities or even want to get inside this ecosystem. I mean, that if, could if change. You, if you give information readily available and accessible to you know, a regular citizen um, that's in living or visiting the city. It's amazing what, you know, what actions that can really drive, right? Even look at, you know, what uh, COVID has brought us. We still don't have a technology solution to, um, let's say, for example, uh, tracking, you know, tracking and tracing who is sick and who, where they have been and, you know, who they've interacted with. Um, there are countries today um, that I know very well where I have uh, either family or friends that do uh, a manual way of, of tracking and tracing uh, to the point that they know exactly how many people are infected, where they're infected, where they have been, and you know, they're quarantined and, and who interacts with them uh, while they're in quarantine. All of that is, is pretty much tracked, traced, recorded, and, and readily available, right? And so, you know, even today from a public health perspective, you know, we don't really have a solution 
to address a calamity like like that, right? A, a public health risk situation generated by a virus that is, you know, we feel helpless about, right? We just we just can't prevent it. We just can't. We don't seem to be able to stop it, cure it, right? Um, it, we we just have to deal with it. So. What is the technology solution to it? How do we implement that? And how do you make that part of a smart city or a smart urban environment? I, I don't know. I mean, you know, is that a possibility? You know, these are very exciting things. I think the, the technology is there, right? I think we could both acknowledge technology is there. But, you know, we really lie into this very tight rope of privacy and and, and how we share data across everything, right? And it's a balance, you know. In some countries, it's much easier to say, hey, this is how it's going to go. In other countries, we have a very diverse set of thought, which provides very unique views and freedoms to people that they would love to keep. And unfortunately, we have this constant tug of war about liberty versus security and safety and and we keep fighting this 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 battle and you know it's only going to get much more uh you know there's going to be more clarity and more definition about this as we move forward because it's obvious it's obvious mm -hmm. that this is the tight rope it's it's yeah. you know we have a lot of fortune five fortune 500 companies that are playing with this every single day it's the thin you know the thin line that we're dealing with and we have to be very cognizant of that and um, and strike do that balance. Trust, uh, do we trust public institutions more than private institutions? Because, you know, in the topic of smart cities, the interesting shift here is, you know, compared to all the topics that we've talked about before, the one change that I see is this is mostly, mostly not, you know, if you exclude public uh, or, I'm sorry, smart buildings, which could be dominated by the private industry, right? But most smart cities that we're talking about, most applications, owners of those digital transformation efforts, uh, would be government, right? Are you know are are these initiatives moving forward effectively using you know the uh, tax dollars wisely, right? Or is it just an experimentation without a clear goal or a path in mind? just looking at technology. We talk about flashing bulb, flashing lights, even in an enterprise where we just get too distracted by a technology and chase after it without really knowing how to apply it and what problems you're solving with it, right? So our, our is, first of all, the fact that it's, it's actually owned and operated by public enterprises versus public or private, and the fact that it's using tax dollars, right? How does that play into this? What's your thoughts? This, this, this really—you just opened up a very unique uh, viewpoint that just came to me. You know, it's—it's almost—I almost want to think about this as a very unique thing. You know, you have city limits, county limits, right? I look at these as kind of the the entry and the exit points, right? Almost like a website. You go into a website and they said you accept this this the the permission to monitor yourself and very similar type of process or behavior moving into these cities is like hey you're gonna enjoy the the smart city you know 
amenities that we're going to give you if you accept X. Give up a little bit so that you can get some. And and maybe this is where that that delicate balance goes, right? Uh, similar to how we, we navigate web pages and, and we go into different environments and, and social media and even our cell phone contracts and, and all our apps that we do, we, 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 we sign a contract for that, that, you know, some sense of uh, interesting value that we would want to give up a little bit of data and privacy for, right? right? So I see that balance kind of being exercised in that realm, whether it's a private establishment that you walk into, whether it's a private entity of a city, whether it's a public entity of a city, right? All of this I see kind of playing in this ecosystem, which is right. still evolving today as we speak. Um, I see that those different, you know, zones, you're going into these zones and you might be getting it. Hey, you're different walking owners. different owners of each of these, these different spots and zones for a little bit of, you know, extra amenity or, 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 uh, you know, things that you might enjoy within that zone versus a little bit of, you know, data or privacy gathering that may be shared in, in return. Right. And you they're know? sharing data as well. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, for example, Uber is sharing data with the cities to help manage traffic congestion. That's what I'm saying. So, so it's it, it it's a very unique play, and I think what we have to do is some people will say follow the money, and I think that's a good point. But you got to follow the critical data, follow the valuable data that people are buying, and I think that's where you'll start to understand the behaviors of one private, um, you know, governmental behaviors as well as you know how they they have that handshake with uh, personal and private data of of, of the actual in, uh, citizen. So I think. Those areas are going to be very interesting. I think uh, they're already being touched on today. They're being explored in the virtual world, and the and mm -hmm. the and we're seeing it now in social media. So that that's yeah. only going to overlay, or, or or the behaviors of those those permissions will be overlaid in some more of the realities of what we face into the cities and how we interact. And that's that's my opinion on how we're going to start to you know eventually interact with the cities uh, or or zones or whatever we want to call them. Um, so from, it's a, from, yeah, from a security point though, I think you, uh, uh, you hit on this, but, uh, neither public enterprises nor public enterprises have been able to, uh, prove that they can secure the data they have. That's, right? that's true. Yeah. Well, we're making significant inroads into, um, having a better security, better, better encryption technologies, better cyber securities, um, uh, you know, uh, technologies, uh, and, and better, you know, beyond encryption, better, you know, better technology to watch and monitor these things. We still seem to be losing data. And some of the names are some of the best and the brightest in both the private and public ent you know, entities, right? Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, well, that's not really the topic today, right? Uh, back to, you know, having, uh, an efficient, you know, responsive and a uh, 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 a sustainable city, you know, or so-called smart city, right? Um, what do you? Th I mean, do you have any names of cities you want to throw up just to see if if uh, some of them have hit our radar, you know? And and what do you think um, they have done possibly that may have merit, you know, uh, some attention? Well, I think you're gonna you're gonna have to look at cities that one 
you know, have budget and they have an appetite of the demographics yeah. are, are really wanting some of these things, right? I mean, so you look at very highly dense populated areas that have a smaller square fo uh, footprint that can actually enhance and, and maximize these technologies in, in different ways, right? I think those areas will see the most um, incremental gain quickly um, and have a lot more data, right? You're more condensed, you have more data, you can do a lot with it. Um, but, you know, at some point you have to justify why you're doing what you're doing, right? And we talked about this in previous segments, whether it's a, a tangible or an intangible benefit, how we'd actually, uh, you know, monetize or actually put value to this. And I think it comes back to that fundamental question on who's buying data and how much are they willing to pay for this, right? And if cities can gather a lot of data and sell this data and in a way that a lot of people will be willing to buy it, very similar to some of the big giants like Google or the Facebooks of the world, mm. then you have a new... Is that really the goal, though? Selling data? Is that, is that your, you know, uh, their revenue mechanism? Well... So there's, there's, there's a couple of ways. Why would you invest in an infrastructure to do this, right? So the end goal or objective could be much more community-driven, right? Uh, say, better safety, you know, uh, more efficient, uh, let's say, uh, waste management, water management, you know, things like that, energy management. Um, but sure, the data is a byproduct and could generate value in, 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 you know, or could return you some revenue, right, by selling that. I hope that's not really the, the, the well, I'd say that's the, that's there. some of the back end that, that might be some of the dry initial driving forces, but you're right. I think if we're willing to pay a little bit more into our society to be a little bit safer, to be a little bit cleaner, maybe that's something that some, uh, officials locally or even at a higher level can can well, pitch how that. do you calculate the value generated for those initiatives if right? people don't want to pay more for their property taxes what what makes you think they're going to, want to pay more for uh, <laughs> <laughs> a traffic light that gives them two extra minutes right i mean so that's 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 what you got to start thinking about right exactly this is this yeah. is what we're talking about right so you know, and how do you prove, right? I mean, mm. yes, uh, again, the same challenges in an enterprise kind of plays out. What exactly caused a drop in crime? Yeah, you know, could it be technology? Could it be something else? Could it be more cops that you put on, you know, on staff, or maybe other improvements that you made, uh, you know, to the the police force in the city? I mean, what exactly drove, let's say, any year, year over year improvement in in, in crime rates, right? Could you attribute uh, something like that to digital transformation effort? And how would you? You know, you made a very interesting thing, uh, interesting thought that came to my mind. You know, with um, have you ever heard of the app called Waze? Yeah. You know, when I take long road trips, my yep. wife is is very strong about Owned this. Owned by Google. Oh, is there you go, right? So, you know, it's very interesting the way that. The reason why she uses that is because it alerts her when she she knows that you know a police might be up there trying to catch somebody speeding. She's it's, a speed <laughs> We just you know maybe she likes to get there quicker, right? But but <laughs> uh, uh, but she uses that religiously to be able to you know share data across a platform to give insights. She's sharing that data, right? Yeah, yeah I just found a cop. 
you know. But well, yeah, she'll she'll say it. she'll validate whether it is or not. But you know what? You know, those are some of the things that are already, you know, data that's out there that may or may not be public, private, whatever. But for some reason, it's there, right? Well, Waze knows how many potholes there are in the city than the city itself. Can you imagine that data that's already being collected? <laughs> yeah. Voluntary. It's voluntary, you know? So it's it's quite fascinating, right? So that it, that the way of a smart city doesn't necessarily have to be driven from the governmental behaviors or initiatives. It can be done by tech giants like Google or ways to automatically give yourself That's true. a smarter I think, I think the whole smart car revolution in, in oh. itself is an example of, of that, you know, what you just said. It was driven by private enterprises, but the beneficiaries of that is going to be smart cities, right? And they, they're going to have to have the appropriate uh, technology deployed to ensure that it can talk to the smart cars as well, right? To, to assist in, and augment their traffic management systems. Oh, absolutely. I think we start getting into the realms of data and assets and different pieces of interacting with the city, right? Whether it's a vehicle, whether it's a person, whether it's a bike, whether it's a pedestrian, you know, like you're, you're walking and, you know, vehicles know people are walking, right? I mean, you stop at a, at a traffic light, maybe you're, you're, you're paying attention to your phone, but you stop a little bit too further than the, the crosswalk, right? Yep. The vehicle might know that and the person might know that faster than you will the operator right so yep. i mean this is this is where you start to envision what makes sense in a city and at the end of the day society will change for that right and just like yep. we've changed evolved with technology over time whether it's in a virtual environment within our own private environment it'll eventually come in the most public domains that we think of so using data and technology to make better decisions, right? This is what it's all about. And it's, it's exactly what's going to happen in the smart cities and the smartest of the smarts. Right? Absolutely. Well, with so, that, you know, Hari, I'd like to thank all of our, our um, listeners out there for giving us feedback on uh, what's been going on um, within the, this period of time with uh, the pandemic. It's been a little uh, tough for a lot of people out there, but um you know, I think it's been a trying time, but also been a pretty interesting um, advanced time for some of these technologies. And, and I think within the few uh, months and years to come, we're going to start to see the acceleration of things that we probably, you know, only talked about, you know, in previous episodes to actually becoming more of a reality faster than a lot of people think. So that's our Smart Cities um, segment on that. If you have any questions, you can reach us out at the digitaltwinpodcast.com. Um, as well as uh, Facebook and Twitter. With me, Omar, Hari. Comment and subscribe. Thank you, guys. See you later.